0: Good morning, Canopy family. I am so grateful for the opportunity to be with you this morning and to teach a message that is in alignment with our series on freedom in the wilderness. And part of the reason why I find this series to be so special is we find ourselves in a really unique time. I think we all can agree on that. And though there's been a lot of ups and downs, COVID has kind of provided a unique opportunity of slowing down and having some margin maybe in ways that we didn't have before. And so with this series we've been in about habits and wilderness freedom and spiritual formation, COVID's kind of played in our favor in giving us this space to process and to start implementing these habits. And these habits are key to our wilderness formation. So as a church, we say that we are people learning how to live free, and we are definitely learning how to live free in a time of COVID and a little bit of ups and downs. And so let's learn how to be a little bit more free together this morning. So we've been in different parts of the Bible throughout this series, but we all know our main narrative has really been the Exodus story. And in the Exodus story is where God taught a lot of these habits we've been talking about. And for today's habit, it's really about setting apart a day for God, which we'll get into that. Um, And that specific habit is discussed in Exodus 20, verses 8 through 11. So would you open up your Bibles if you have them with you? Um, The scripture will show up on the screen as well. But let's read Exodus 20, verse 8 together. So God says... But he rested on the seventh day therefore the lord blessed the sabbath day and made it holy and what's so special about this moment is god is communicating to the israelites who are truly seeking freedom in the wilderness god's saying hey one of the key essential aspects to you being a free people is sabbath is resting And this idea of Sabbath didn't start right here with God, the Israelites, and the desert. It actually started in the very beginning. God had something to say about Sabbath in Genesis. So would you jump to the front of your Bible with me to Genesis chapter two. And remember that at this point, God just finished creating the land, the oceans, the animals, the humans. And we're gonna pick up in Genesis chapter two, verse one. It says, thus the heavens and the earth were completed in all their vast array. By the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. Then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because on it he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. So this idea of resting of Sabbath Truly began with the beginning of creation here on earth and we're gonna lean into that and learn more about that today But first let's pray Even now Holy Spirit, we just stop before you we pause And we say thank you Holy Spirit, would you help us all today learn how to ruthlessly eliminate hurry from our lives so that we may stop, we may rest, we may delight in you, and we may worship you. In Jesus' name, amen. So I used to think that being a busy person meant I was super important. I thought it meant I was doing all the right things, my schedule was full, so something had to be going right. And then I moved into hating how busy I was. And I would daydream of slower days with a less busy schedule with far more margin. But in both of those realities, I still found myself busy. And this idea of busyness is something that tons of theologians, um, people who study scripture, study God, have talked about and realized really can get in the way of our freedom, of our relationship, of our formation with God. One of those theologians, his name is Dallas Willard, and he says we must ruthlessly eliminate hurry from our lives. Dallas recognized that this hurriedness, this busyness that our culture encourages is not helping us when it comes to being free, to being slow and unhurried people who just sit in the reality of who God is and what that means for who we are. And Dallas also says that hurry is the great enemy of spiritual life in our day. So to Dallas, hurry was a really big thing that needed to just be paid attention to because it was really affecting us. The gift of walking with God, like we say this, walk. I'm walking with God. We say walking intentionally. We're not saying I'm running with God or I'm sprinting with God. We say walking because that creates a mental image of this slow, this unhurried pace And John Mark Comer, a pastor at a church called Bridgetown, says that there's a reason why people talk about walking with God and not running with God. And that's because God is love. If we want to be these slow and unhurried people, it can't come from a place of willpower where we have all this might and we're going to go and we're going to do it. It has to come from a place of love. It has to come from God's love. Because God's love puts things into perspective for us. And God's love reminds us that we're enough. Just as we are, we're enough. And it reminds us that we can give everything over to God that is weighing us down and burdening us. One of God's ways to show us his love is by slowing down so that we can experience his love. God's love also reminds us, this is key, His love reminds us that we can trust Him. Trusting God is kind of the main part of being able to stop and hand things over and know that everything is going to be okay. Living a slow and unhurried life has everything to do with this love and that trust that flows from that loving relationship. So for moms and dads trying to juggle two, three, four kids while working and making sure people are eating every meal, for young adults trying to figure out their career path and feel the need to simply just grind right now in order to have a future, for business owners who feel the weight of caring for an entire staff while implementing vision and maintaining finances, for pastors who feel the weight and need to constantly care for people in need, For every person in their own unique phase of life, slow, rested, unhurried living is available to you. But we cannot become slow, unhurried people through willpower. Because if that were the case, I think a lot of people would be doing it. A lot of people would just be living these slow, chill lives with tons of margin, not in a hurry. But I will admit that living this slow, unhurried life is kind of like going upstream. This way of living is not what our society seems to say is successful, and yet people seem to always feel guilty and shameful for never having enough time. So it's really a lose-lose situation scenario for a lot of people, and it leaves many of us just thinking, I just, if there was more hours in the day, if I just had more time, But there is really good news. It's not about willpower. I already said that. It's not about us being strong enough or more capable or more organized or more strategic. It's about an invitation from God. That invitation is Sabbath. And Sabbath literally means to stop. The Hebrew word is Shabbat. And that means to stop, to cease. And this is a stopping period of 24 hours and it's intended for rest. In the Jewish culture, Sabbath would traditionally start at sundown on a Friday evening and go until sundown on Saturday evening. However, it's not about the legalism of what day and exactly all that. It's about picking a period of time for 24 hours that you can truly practice this rest and stick to it every single week. Um, My professor and an amazing author on this topic, his name is AJ Swoboda, and he wrote a a book called Subversive Sabbath, and I highly, highly recommend it. I'm going to skim the surface today, and I'm going to go pretty quickly. AJ's book has transformed Mark in my life, um, and he just goes far more in depth on all of this. So Subversive Sabbath, and AJ says, The Sabbath has largely been forgotten by the church, which has uncritically mimicked the rhythms of the industrial and success-obsessed West. So the result? Our road-weary, exhausted churches have largely failed to integrate the Sabbath into their lives as vital elements of Christian discipleship. It is not as though we do not love God. We love God deeply. We just do not know how to sit with God anymore we have perhaps become the most emotionally exhausted, psychologically overworked, spiritually malnourished people in history. Now, I know I said that there's hope and I promise there still is. And I know that didn't sound very hopeful, but we have to be willing to look in the mirror and reflect and ask ourselves, why am I so busy? Or for those of you who maybe aren't quote unquote busy, but can't seem to stop asking yourself, why does stopping make me so uncomfortable or so angry or anxious or emotional? Also, some of you may be thinking, why is Sabbath the answer to all of this going, going, going? And the reality is we're talking about a lot of habits. Sabbath is not the only answer, but it's one of the essential ways. We need to pick up all of these disciplines. We can't pick one and neglect the others. It's totally important to be able to hone in on one in a certain season, but there's something about incorporating all these habits that we're talking about into our daily lives that truly transforms us and helps us become more free. So Sabbath is one way, it's not the only way, but I highly, highly recommend it. And as we remember back and reflect back on the Exodus narrative, Um, we see three key things about why Sabbath. We Sabbath to rest with God because we can't receive without creating space. So we have to create this space. So we Sabbath to rest with God. We Sabbath to worship God. We're a set apart people and it's important for us to remember that there's this space for us to worship God and to glorify God and to remember who God is in our lives. And third, we Sabbath as resistance to our culture. Again, Sabbathing is like going upstream in a world that says, go, go, go. The, more, the slower you are, the weaker you are, and the less you're able to do. And that's just not true. So Sabbath is a resistance to our culture in so many ways. And then once we know the why, why it's so hard for us to stop, why it's so uncomfortable, why right now you're getting a little angry, a little anxious, a little... Um, just uncomfortable with this topic, we have to know why so that we can step into our how. So how do we become people who rest just like God rested? There's three key ways that I kind of put together that um, will help us do that. So the first one is we become, or we come before God and surrender over everything that keeps us from stopping, from resting, from delighting in God, and from worshiping God. And things that could keep us from stopping, things that we might need to surrender, are things like work and all that comes with that, or family and all that comes with that, or community community expectations, or finances, or pain you've been experiencing emotionally, physically, or frustration with this cultural moment we're in, or just a deep sadness, There's so many different things that could be burdening us that are keeping us from feeling like we're allowed to or able to stop. So we need to surrender those things over to God every single day. And what that looks like for Mark and I practically, um, especially when it comes to this 24-hour period, is Mark and I pray in the Sabbath. So every Friday night, we come together and before we actually start our Sabbath, we intentionally make sure Things of distraction are put away and we pray and we surrender. We surrender all the things that have been on our mind and weighing on us that week or things that we know are going to try to bubble up in our mind that weekend that we can afford to put down for 24 hours. So we pray in the Sabbath. We invite the Holy Spirit in to help us because it's going to be hard. It's going to feel like going upstream. So we pray in the Sabbath. The second thing that we can do to become people who rest just like God rested is we remember. We remember that humanity's first full day of existence was a day of rest. God created for 6 days, and Adam and Eve were created on the 6th day, the 6th day. In the 7th day, God, creation, Adam and Eve, they all rested together. So rest was of first importance. It was their first full day of existence, and God said, rest. And note that Adam and Eve didn't do anything to earn this day of rest. God's nature for humanity is to rest first and then work. AJ, um, same book, Subversive Sabbath, he says, the climax of creation is not humanity, as we have so arrogantly assumed. Rather, the day of rest is the climax when creation all comes together and lives at peace and harmony with one another. Sabbath becomes the culminating roof of the entire house. So we have to remember. And again, for Mark and I, remembering that practically um, just looks like throughout our day when we are challenged to do something that we feel like, oh, I really... I it's this one thing and then I'll get back to my Sabbath. Or when things kind of start to bubble up in our spirit and we're aware of just the the burdens that have really been weighing heavy on us all week long, we try to help each other remember and we try to speak truth over each other. And we kind of have these rules of when something starts to come up and we see that in the other person or we see the other person doing something that we know isn't restful, we kind of just say lovingly like, hey, Sabbath, you know, you're you're good. We remind each other of the truth that we are meant to rest so that we can more fully show up in work. So just encouraging each other is how Mark and I remember. And the third is we practice. So practically, we've got to try, right? And I choose the word practice intentionally because Sabbath is not something that we can master or perfect. In fact, I think it's Something that takes a very long time. And it's this undoing that will probably last until Jesus comes back. Um, But God is in our practice. He is in this process. Sabbath is a weekly reminder that we are not what we do. We're not. As much as we wish we were sometimes, we are not what we do. Our identity is only found in our God who loves us. Seven days of consistent work is slavery. Six days of work and one day of rest is freedom. Slavery is working to get to a place of freedom and rest, but freedom is a space of resting and breathing and enjoying God so that we may enter into work slow and unhurried. It requires this balance of work and rest. Um, But some of you might be wondering, like, okay, what is work? Because work's different for everyone, right? Like, there are things that I do that are truly restful that mark, it would make him cry imagining doing that on the Sabbath and vice versa. So a great way to ask yourself, what uh, what I'm about to do, is that work or is that rest? A great question is, is the activity in question life-giving or life-taking, Does this activity that I want to participate in bring life, rest, hope, wholeness, or does it just drain us and pour us out and stress us out and load us down? And again, I'm trying to include practically what this looks like for Mark and I, just because it can seem so heady, but it really is something that you can physically walk out in your life. So we're not the perfect example. We've come a long way, um, but Mark and I take this very seriously um, and it has changed our lives so practically um, this 24-hour period what it looks like for mark and i is our sabbath for us is friday night to saturday evening and so our friday night like i mentioned before it starts with a prayer as we enter into the sabbath and there's usually a delicious glass of wine in hand but whatever beverage um, of your choice and we pray in the Sabbath, and then we enjoy an amazing meal together, something special, something that we wouldn't have other times of the week. And then Saturday morning, we sleep in, no alarms, um, and we don't make the bed, and then we do whatever sounds fun and restful. Sometimes that means we grab our surfboards and we head to the beach. Other times that means we sit and sip on coffee and tea in the quiet and just wake up slowly. Um, Sometimes that means we go on a hike, sometimes that means we nap like an hour after waking up. It's really what sounds restful and delightful um, in that moment. And then the two things that Mark and I really try our best not to do on the Sabbath are work and numb. Um, This idea of numbing would be an entirely separate sermon if I actually got into it, but in general, you all probably know when you're numbing yourself rather than resting. For me, I could numb myself all day on the Sabbath by watching Netflix stuff and um, just like laying around. But I have learned like that is not restful for me. I usually end that day feeling really sad and feeling like I missed out on an opportunity to really just enjoy and There's this aspect of Sabbath that truly fills your soul in ways that only the Holy Spirit can do, but we have to create space for that. We can't numb. If we're numbing, we're not going to, we're not going to get to experience that. And then at the end of the day, um, Mark and I, we usually spend it with friends or family over another delicious meal. And we thank God that he loves us and he delights in us just as much today as any day where we're working. So, To remind all of us to be slow, unhurried people, we must surrender, we must remember, and we must practice. Slowing down for 24 hours impacts our everyday life following it until it returns again the next week. Sabbathing one day per week creates an opportunity for Sabbath living every single day. The last humbling reminder from A.J. Swoboda is that forgetting the Sabbath is driven so often in the name of doing stuff for God rather than just being with God. So Canopy Church, would we be people who remember the Sabbath by keeping it holy? Would we trust God with every day of our lives and choose to say yes to the invitation of slow, and unhurried living. So we just want to encourage all of you, all of us, let's just try this. Let's begin having conversations in our house house church. You can do this. If Mark and I can do this, you can do this. And it won't be perfect. And it's not about being perfect. But we know that it's possible and it will truly change your life. And not only is this going to create a powerful new rhythm within you, but it's also gonna produce immense freedom. So um, would you all actually right now, just bow your heads as we prepare to worship. Um, And I'm just gonna pray over us. Holy Spirit come. Holy Spirit, would you meet each of us right now And would we start to recognize the areas in our soul, in our heart, in our mind, in our world that we need to surrender over to you? God, would you reveal to us these things and would you help us lay them down so that we can remember that you delight in our rest and then we can just try.